It feels like I'm dreaming, but I'm not sleeping. Fantasy. Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. I wanna. <laughs> all right. I don't. <laughs> First of all, who let Mariah carry in the front of that roller coaster without anybody else? There's nobody. She's just she's by got, herself. She has a fast pass. Like. I do... <laughs> yeah, but this... she's taken up the whole seat. There could have been other people waiting in line. You know, sometimes not. Sometimes, oh, really? sometimes it, it is it is rare, but it does happen that you will be the only one in the front of the coaster. I I only ride uh, the front of the roller coaster, and I only do it wearing the tank top with a rainbow on it, just like Mariah. Obviously, because because I'm like today is the day I'm gonna get fucking Fabioed. I'm gonna get a goose <laughs> <laughs> right right in my face because this is continue podcast episode 116 the the murderous goose of podcasts that goose have you guys ever seen the slow-mo footage of fabio getting goosed it's it's catastrophic that guy gets smoked it is as does the goose right well no like the goose like gets wrecked and like there's like an explosion of feathers but you see it fly away oh okay all right like he like it, it just keeps it's like oh no i hope this doesn't ho- happen to my cousin and then a pilot named sully takes care of it like that's not oh man this um, is totally gonna screw with my insurance <laughs> oh, no, they can't know apparently they there are, there are goose truthers like there are people what? who think that that was like a publicity stunt what? To, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Let, by all means, let's fuck with his face. Yeah, a, right. Because he's got so much else to offer the world of entertainment. <laughs> Definitely a good plan. I want people to well, only no, love the, my like pecs. the whole thing was fake, though. The like the that it was like a stage thing. It wasn't actually a bird. Like it was just like uh, like yeah. yeah, like that they paid I him did, to like draw attention uh, to. No, no, digital effects weren't that good at the time, dude. <laughs> this guy gets. Fucking They're not that birded. good now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not this guy this guy gets he gets birded very hard uh we have a podcast title <laughs> there it is there it, immediately um, oh, I'm like a teen, teen girl squad arrowed goose birded birded Fabioed. oh my god he got birded. Fabioed? No, just regular type. Uh, <laughs> uh, I swear to God, this show's about video games. I swear. Somewhere I swear to everybody listening. Totally, yeah. Uh, my name is Anthony John Agnello. The people that are, are, are uh, losing it are we at Susan Art. My brain is smaller today than it was yesterday. Yeah. And that's a good thing, though. It's The swelling has gone down. Sure. Means yeah. I don't nobody, know. Nobody got birded. Uh, <laughs> birded! <laughs> we also got that Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. Um, I wish I could live my life with half of the confidence of an actor breaking an NDA casually. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. my God. Uh, it's so it's it's so like when i saw that like i i wonder who is going to sue the piss out of him no they're just like no no, it's not gonna happen no it's just fine uh 
But I like God bless him. He's just like, yeah, man, we're doing the second one, and ten thousand interns at fifty different companies are like, no. Ah! So, somewhere in an office, someone just closes their eyes very slowly. <laughs> oh. Whereas, whereas, guess remember like the GIF that was really popular ten years ago for video game people. It was the the An- uh, Antonio Banderas. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Where he's like, Ooh. yeah, like me, Andrew House. Is just like, ooh, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that anymore. Meanwhile, fine. You, you know, like, you know, the, the, the meerkats when they're all standing <laughs> up and one of them is like, Rip. that's game journalists everywhere. Rip. Yeah, everywhere. We got to write a story. So, Our what headlines are, you, are covered for an hour. Yeah. Thank God. Not to immediately derail, but what do you guys think about Death Stranding 2? Because this is what we're talking about. Like, uh, yes. what, what's yeah, his face? Yeah, Nor- yeah. Norman Reedus, bless his soul, was just like, yeah, we're doing the next one. Um, which I think, like everyone's immediately going to Death Stranding too, and I feel like you can, like you can, interpret that in a in a few different ways. So yeah. Susan, Susan, you had the correct response immediately, which was just more roads, please. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like all, like the, I honestly only barely remember any of the plot to be perfectly honest with you but just i was like i would just like to connect more of the roads please because mm. it was so incredibly satisfying so here's here's what i'm gonna throw out the door is dave i i definitively think it's death stranding too i think it's 100 death stranding too for both creative and fiscal reasons uh mm. fiscal reason a PC version of Death Stranding and the director's cut uh, have I have it on on good authority. <laughs> Inside baseball, <laughs> I have it on good authority that those have sold spectacularly well. Okay, okay, uh, okay. But pause. Anything Kojima puts his name on, that's going to be true. Well, I mean, there, there's Zone of the Enders sold like shit. Okay, that Zone was during, of the that was, during, that was peak peak Metal Gear Solid popularity. So it's not necessarily gonna gonna push the needle. I agree with you, but let's think about it like this: He pushed into uh, the PC version and the director's cut were basically complete and content complete by the beginning of 2021. Do you genuinely think that guy of all guys in the middle of the pandemic isn't immediately going to want to return to that world? Like, with his fixations? I don't know. I I don't know, man, because I feel like he... I I feel like it was a complete thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Game ends. It it has a... a I mean, it has a very clear... Yeah. conclusion to the action to the story there aren't lingering threads out there i think i feel like strands if you uh, will. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was right there uh like i feel like what dave's point is it's just the next project they're working yeah, on together project, right the interview mentions like he doesn't even really bring up death stranding he brings up silent hills and yeah, saying like he, he was doing that and then they did Death Stranding, and so my like my thing, and knowing like again like like taking like Kojima's word as like gospel is like he's some like oh. soothsayer. It's like no, he's just a guy who just makes shit. Like don't read too much into yeah, stuff. Like calm down. But, but 
like yeah, I mean, you you listen to interviews with him, like working on Metal Gear for so long. He wanted to do so many other things. Yeah. That, like I feel like now that he's ha- he's independent, like unless Sony's like, no, if you want money, you make Death Stranding too. That mm. like I think he wants he, he wants to do though. something else. And my my hope is that it's more like a Scorsese thing, where mm. he's just like. Like Redis is his De Niro, and he's just going to mm-hmm. put him in everything now. Like he did Silent Hills, try or tried to do Silent Hills, doing Death Stranding, and now they're going to get his stringing hair, stringing hair into another <laughs> weird video game. It is crazy that that happened not four days after all of the new Silent Hill imagery like actually leaked. <laughs> Like, actually, like, I somebody could tell Konami, like, you guys do know that doing that, <laughs> and then saying, like, yeah, the DMCA takedown, that's just, you guys, you guys made it worse. Kind of yeah. makes you wonder if it's a controlled leak. Oh, oh. shit. They, mm. they do that. Uh, they do do that. They do do that. Um... They do, in fact, do that. I will... Okay, I'm sorry. I was dying for part of this week, so I don't know what the Konami thing is. Oh, oh. shit, Susan. That's right. You were in the hospital. Um, yeah. Flat out, four screenshots of the new Silent Hill leaked. Uh, um, also, Bloover team is making a remake of Silent Hill 2. Or is that separate? There's the question. Is that... the So, this leaker, whose name is Dusk Gollum... Dust Gollum has okay. a fly, yeah, fly yeah. internet bullshit. Uh, Fisher Stevens leaked the internet. <laughs> they swooped in on a skateboard with a floppy disk and dropped it in. With a floppy disk. Um, so th- this is legit. Uh, Dust Gollum has basically leaked every horror game thing of the past few years. He leaked all of the details about Resident Evil Village almost 12 full months before the first trailer. Interesting. He, leaked uh, the RE2 and RE3 remakes well before they were confirmed. This guy's got a great track record going back years. And so he was just like, yeah, boom, four screenshots of the new Silent Hill. Yeah, and Konami DMCA'd those pretty fast, too, so... Immediately, and... Uh, so this guy, this guy has a proven record of also not being the source of controlled leaks. This guy leaks, and what is up in the air though is whether this is the the details are Bloober Team, uh, the wonderful makers mm. of Layers of Fear and the medium high quality I product. Enjoyed uh, Layers of Fear. You enjoy Layers of Fear? I, I, I did. It, it was just like. Uh, you know, like if you really wanted a beer, like you just want a beer, mm-hmm. and you open the fridge, and it's just nothing but Odules and Amstel Light. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's <laughs> wow. Like you, you open it, and like you're like, ah, oh, man, all I, all I could possibly want is a beer, and there's just a Bartles and James from 1987. That's for a Silent Hill fan. I feel like that's okay. That's maybe, fair. That, yeah, no, that's like, fair. That's layers of fear and yeah. the medium. Yeah. Um, so the, they're not making the new game. They are remaking Silent Hill 2. And then there okay. is a new game. And then Annapurna is making an episodic anthology based on Silent Hill. And now Susan has to go back to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a minute. Whoop! Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's, but nobody knows what the new game is. There were rumors last year that Sony had like, con- like made, you know, basically purchased a license to make a Silent Hill six, essentially. Um, you know, uh, f- Homecoming is considered five, apparently. Really? But Downpour is not considered six. Oh, know. that's odd. Okay. Isn't that weird? Whatever. So, like, the, the rumor as of 2021 was that Sony had purchased a license to make an exclusive next generation sequel to Silent Hill. And that at the time they were like, yeah, Koji Pro is going to make it for Sony. Mm. And that's going to be their next project. But I can't, I genuinely can't imagine a world wherein in a world world where the politics had settled to a point where konami would be like yeah we're gonna let you go make your thing that we canceled out of spite yeah and and um yeah so but yeah new silent hill i mean here's 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 my concern we all know that the 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 power of a name right oh yeah and 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 i and this this is why bethesda released a game called prey which had absolutely fucking nothing Nothing. to (laughs) do with that because of seo and uh, all that stuff um by the way play prey uh and i'm just i'm i'm i have two concerns one is that it it won't be any good. And one is that it will be a perfectly good game that isn't Silent Hill and yeah. therefore people freak the fuck out about it. Yeah. It, you know, like... And there's, al- this- there's already, like, a like the, the fuck Konami people out there. Of course there, there are, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, all that said, like, realistically, there are... I, I think there are 11 or 12 games with the Silent Hill name on it. Okay. There's, I mean, because, you know, there's the original four, and yep. that's the real people who make Silent Hill. Yep. And then there's Homecoming, and Origins, and uh, yep. Shattered Dreams, and... That weird Diablo game they made for Vita. That yeah. Book of Shadows. Poor, poor way forward with Book of Shadows. Book of Shadows is actually a cool game. It actually- is! It is, except none of the stuff you pick up changes your stats, which doesn't yeah, make any fucking just- sense. Weird, weird that like all the gear is just cosmetic. What? It's just, but, yeah, it's just yeah, cosmetic. It's just cosmetic. What? But it's like, What's the point? Exactly, d- dude. I know it doesn't make sense when you hear it. Fun game though. It is. It, it um, genuinely is. But like, it's like guys, they were killing forced me. to make it Silent Hill. That was yeah. just supposed to be a. Um, it was going to be part of like kind of a semi sequel to their WiiWare game called Lit, if anyone remembers that, which is a really cool like horror puzzle game. You had to use a flashlight. Um, but like, there are so many Silent Hill games. It's been twenty years almost since the last real Silent Hill wow. game. Wow! Like, right, Silent Hill Four. That's two thousand four. Side of the room was two thousand four. We're eighteen years out. Jesus. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like if Silent Hill has enough of an identity in the modern age, without like Slitterhead, the vagina game that got announced. Oh boy. Uh, I mean, that <laughs> is closer to being a real Silent Hill sequel than anything else because that's the Silent Hill one team. That's yeah. the director and the artist. And- this and, and this is my, like I, I feel like copy the fuck out of it right yeah. like 
have a town cut off in fog there was a hole you know there used to be a door there or whatever have a i don't care and then don't call it silent hill and i think you have a better chance of having a a decent experience just don't call it silent hill unless (laughs) like well well, here here's a question actually what makes a silent hill game all right i was just going to get to that uh because I was just going to say, I think that the people that try to do what you're suggesting, Susan, where they go wrong, it's the same thing as all these people that try to make a 16 or 32-bit JRPG. Mm. They overdo everything. They project everything they saw in the game, uh, their own personal experience, into trying to emulate it. And so in J- like these modern JRPGs that attempt to be 16-bit, you have these endless, wordy scripts that have none of like the brevity. Freaking, like, uh, freaking I am Setsuna, which is just exactly. yeah, just copies the combat mechanics right. from Chrono Trigger, and then everyone just talks and, way and, too much. And it's all maudlin. And the thing is, is this is what fucking Bloober Team fucks up when they try to imitate Silent Hill. This is why the medium fucking sucks, is that it's just endless iteration on like explicitly explaining these people's personal traumas. Some, yeah, subtext just becomes text. The, like And if you go back and play Silent Hill 2, I think maybe there are like 16, 20 spoken lines. Like dialogues are over like that. And brevity mm. and real mystery and real um really truly alienating storytelling well, is a fundamental part of Silent Hill. It's that that iceberg theory again where you just you take the core story and then just take parts of it not parts of it but you just take details out so all that's left is the detail and everything else is inferred through subtext Mm. so you you take out all of the you know omit needless words right you just take out all the stuff that doesn't need to be there and then let the environment tell the rest of the story and that's that's the big problem that a lot of these like you're talking about like with the jrpgs they just they they can't help themselves yeah, I, Susan. What do you think Silent Hill is? Like, it, it, it's funny because for me, when I when I think of Silent Hill, the first thing that immediately comes into my head is sound. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Silent Hill is a game that scares you by strategic, precise use of iconic, unforgettable, out of place sounds. Yes, like yeah. that air horn. Oh god, the air the the static the radio static yep. into air horn yep. is so utterly disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just it it gets it gets into you in a way that other more traditional kind of scary stuff doesn't. Yeah. Because the a, an air horn in and of itself is not scary, but it's a, it's telling you that something weird is about to happen. You have absolutely no idea what. So it's about the uncertainty and yeah. and the alienness and the oh I was I was in a schoolyard and now the air horn has gone off and now everything is rusted metal and spikes and blood. Right. Yeah. God, I- how do I get out? Like, how do I get out of this? That that's that to me is is Silent Hill. That and and the. The uh, the use of uncanny valley, yes, in the way yes. that the things that are 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 hunting you, the monsters, 
are 96% identifiable as human. Yeah. But then yeah. they then that one thing is wrong. Yeah. Like that and I think I, I think a very stylized presentation is a huge part of it. Like you don't want photorealistic characters. No. You don't you don't want like this painstakingly rendered world. You want it to be very impressionistic. Yep. And you know, like I think people forget how different the f- original four Silent Hill games are from each other. Like yeah. all of these elements that we're talking about carry over between them. This use of sound, this use of like the uncanny valley and you know enemy and character design, and all that said, like the first game is you know uh, pretty open, you know, and pretty traditional in in the way that it progresses. Like there yeah, is a mystery. Yeah. You go from location to location. Two is fucking wackadoo. Like it is. Uh, really weird and really surreal and very dreamlike all the way up into the end. And then three is three feels like like a Halloween movie almost. Like yeah. it's very traditional. It, like there is your main character. Strange things are happening to her, but she's normal. There is uh, Douglas. <laughs> Always Douglas with his old fashioned detective outfit. And then four. Like, you know, all the stuff in 4 with you being locked in your apartment, they're yep. very different. Yeah. So I think I think there's a lot of creative freedom, but I I don't know. I wouldn't trust Bloober Team to make... Uh, they're, they're not creative enough. Like, no. I, th- I think they can... Well, here's the thing. What, something I, I do think they did well in Layers of Fear is create an, an atmosphere in which you are consistently unsure of yourself. Did I really just see that? Yeah. yeah. Wait, I am I lost or did there used to be a door there? Like they're mm-hmm. they're very good at that, and I and I think that's very helpful in in a scenario like Silent Hill. But I I'm not sure there and and calling it create creative enough is is unfair because it's not quite about creativity. Sure. It's it's a refinement. Yeah. Of the- of that. They remind me a lot of like Quantic Dream in that way, where it's like they can get they get like one note of it right. Like there's all yeah. in all of their games, there's always like one thread. You're like, if you just focus on this thing, yeah. Like I think like like the 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 like in the most recent one, like Detroit, like Connor, the the detective robot is like easily the best part of that game. But then there's all the other stuff that is yeah yeah. It's like and by the end you're just like you're lost. It's like he just he just never knows how to stick a landing and like that that's kind of the thing because my experience with them was playing Observer and it's like they nail this like weird body horror. Observer. Vibe. Oh wait, he, that's not. Observer isn't the one on the space station, is it? No, that's the one. No, it's, it's Rutger Howard. Yeah, doing like oh. waste Rutger Howard. Yeah, okay. you Bloober team, you wasted Rutger Howard, you monsters. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and it's like that's the thing where it's like like they they nail the like oppressive atmosphere of it, but then they shoehorn in monsters, and mm. it's like it doesn't mm-hmm. need yeah. this. Like just wait, who who did Soma? That was the fric- frictional. Yeah, yeah, frictional, right? Okay, give it to them. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, please. Yes, give it to them. I don't even know what those cats are up to. I know they made that other. Did they, they make made another the other am- amnesia? Yeah, which I heard and is then, good. Yeah, a machine for pigs. Yeah, but that was before Soma. No, that, that was there's before another Soma. one. There's another one. Um, 
Actually, uh, not to totally derail, uh, but have you have you guys seen the <laughs> statement that Quantic Dream published recently? About what? That's like, no, we're good guys now. They're like, oh, we're totally. We have like a hiring. Please, uh, you please, know, team please. that focuses on uh, LGBTQ hires. Please, please and Disney, don't take away the rights. Please don't st- take away our Star Wars. Like, <laughs> mm, mm. cool guys. I'm sure. I'm sure it's yeah, all. Yeah, no, they they uh, Frictional just came out with last year or no, 2020 uh, Amnesia Rebirth. Oh, oh, oh there you right, go. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> So this is this is actually relevant to our gaming lives because I can't remember the last time this shit happened. When was the last time all three of us were playing the same thing? Uh, Might be Death Stranding. Is it Animal Crossing? I think like Animal Crossing New Horizons. Maybe it's yeah. been a while. I don't it's, even know, man. It's been a hot minute. It's been a long time, but slowly, like, a cascade effect over the last two weeks took place where Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, a.k.a. condemned Tokyo Drift, uh, fell into our lives, and I, I... Do we all love this game? I don't want to speak for all of us. I love this game. <laughs> I wouldn't say, it like, I'm, like... Like passionate, I'm not gonna get a Ghostwire Tokyo tattoo. But N- no, but no, no, it's good. It's good. It's, it is. It's, it's a good game. It um, is. So I, I think it's funny that we're talking about Silent Hill because I feel like Ghostwire Tokyo shares a lot of the philosophy that made Silent Hill great, which is hmm. a lot of sh- a lot of. Uh, really wonderful environmental storytelling mm-hmm. and allowing things that are deeply upsetting and spooky to sit directly next to things that are astonishingly goofy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like, pe- like I keep telling people I'm playing Ghostwire Tokyo and they're like, oh, how is it? Is it scary? I'm like, well, it's really funny. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not scary. Like it has like spooky elements to it, but yeah. no. Like, well, and part of that I think too is that there's there's never really a moment where you like th- there's like a brief chapter where you are relatively powerless. But for most of the game, yeah. you're not. You've got you've got finger bullets. You've got your your special attacks. But like for the most part, like you never really feel like you're cornered in any way. No. Quick, quick, quick! Level check. Where is everybody in the game? Uh, okay, so I'm. I well, that's tricky because I have ten and a half hours on the clock, but I have barely progressed the story. Yeah, I'm that's just, uh, time, time served around. is irrelevant because yeah, time there's served is, <laughs> there's a lot of dicking around to be done. Yeah, there's so much dicking around to be done. Um, I, what is the last, I, I'm very early in the story, like super early in the story. I okay. have a lot, I have almost all of the power sets unlocked, but the most recent thing that happened was, uh, Hanya, the main bad guy, mm-hmm. went down into the tunnels at the Shibuya Scramble. Right. And I was supposed to go follow him. Right. We should probably do like the ten thousand foot view okay, sure, of yeah, like yeah. what, co- <laughs> but like not really. That's that's something that's also misleading about Ghostwire Tokyo. 
it starts and you're like, there's gonna be this huge premise and there's ghost shit happening. None of that matters. <laughs> None of that. I like there there you are a regular person who gets knocked out in this supernatural event in downtown Tokyo, uh, in in Shibuya. Uh, if you're wondering who Shibuya is, it's in every single video game about Tokyo <laughs> It's in forever. Persona City. It's in it's Persona. In, it's Persona. It's in The World Ends With You. It's in it all. It's in Jet, and Jet Grind Radio. Jet Grind Radio. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Name you it. will literally recognize some of the streets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll recognize all, like, the big buildings and everything. Yeah. Yep. And you, you get smoked on your way to see your sister. She's in the hospital and uh, everybody's dying and their ghosts are getting eaten by the bad ghosts. And then a ghost goes in you and is like, no, I'm a ghost cop and we're going to fight the bad ghosts. And you're like, oh, but I got to help my sister. And, and the ghost inside you gives you ghost powers. And now you're fighting the ghosts. That's it. That's the premise. And uh, what you do, however, is you ghost your way through Tokyo, and the gameplay is a cross between Condemned. It's a lot of exploration and looking for weird stuff and weird corners, but also Crackdown? Yeah, that was the moment that it got me when I was like, oh, I'm just hunting for agility orbs now. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like environmental... Uh, uh, you know, sort of weird platforming to figure out how to get to ghosts. Yep. And you get to the ghosts, and those when you t- yet you, you got to bring ghosts to a payphone, like you do, like you do, and, and that levels you up, and then you can do even more. Okay, hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify that a little bit because <laughs> you're using ghost like every third word, but that's and it's sort of Ghostwire token. <laughs> It's lost all meaning. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So, uh, what happens when this Hanya guy uh, does the the whammy on Shibuya Mm -hmm. is everybody gets separated from their... Like, their bodies all go poof. Mm -hmm. And so their souls are just kind of out floating around. And... He wants them for some ritual or whatever. You're you're collecting them so that you can indeed transfer them by payphone outside the ghostly barrier and and stick them in their body again. You right. you've forgotten to mention that uh, conveniently all of these payphones have been modified by the hacker by character the ghost police. by the ghost yeah. police the hacker character yes. who who does not actually speak to you directly but instead records all of his messages and plays yeah. them yeah. back for you yes. uh, but he has he has modified all of the payphones so that when you dial the number it opens up to for a ghost computer to let yep. you transfer souls yep because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, duh. Like, yeah. how else would how else would you use a phone to, to transfer? Soul? Like, I don't understand. But the ghosts, bundles of ghosts, are your collectibles. They are they are the crackdown orb, mm-hmm. and they're all over. There are so each bundle, your average bundle has about a hundred souls in it. Um, you can do side quests that will get you bigger bundles, like a five hundred or a thousand or. What I love you, that it says right? approximately too. Like it never it doesn't give you like. A- like Ed, like does does Ed have a full soul? Well, I don't know. Ballpark. Like, anyway, but here's the thing. So each bundle is like like meh, a hundred souls might be ninety seven. There are two hundred and forty thousand souls yeah. in yeah. Shibuya. 
I don't you love when the ghost police that lives inside you occasionally says shit like, "Yeah, you got about three percent of them." Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm up to like fifty-five thousand. I've collected. Woo! That's a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like motherfucker. I yeah. Do I get? A, I want a T-shirt or something like a prize. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be like Breath of the Wild, where like once you get all the Korok seeds, the guy just gives you a golden a piece poop. of poop. Yeah. A poop. Yeah. A, po- a poopy. Yeah. So, um, and all like so who who are we fighting, Susan? At a at a general and and. As you're getting your spirits, as you're yeah. getting, getting your spirit bindles. As you're spirit- <laughs> <laughs> so who's, who's causing shit? Okay, so there are... They're called visitors. Mm-hmm. And they are evil spirits who will attack you. And because they are uh, Japanese, they have no faces. Because for some reason in, in Japanese... Uh, horror culture ghosties never have faces uh some of them have no heads the 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 little children <laughs> there are little girls in their school uniforms little girls and boys in school yep. uniforms and they have yeah. no heads and i love that oh yeah they, they just straight yeah. up bum rush you too yeah like yeah. Sp- spin yeah. kicks so, so there's the main bag like the first bad guy you meet is basically slender man as depicted by renee marguerite Yep, like 100% accurate, yes. <laughs> that's that's yes. me first. Renee Marguerite's Slender Man. Yep. And then it's Sailor Moon with no head. Yep. And then it's uh, the lady who tells the kids to kill each other in Battle Royale with no head. Or no face. She has a yep, head. Yep, no face. She has face, but no head. Yep. Yeah. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No face. And then there's, uh, like... The the big lady from Resident Evil Village, yep. her uh, cooler younger sister went to the clock tower bad guy's house and took yep. his scissors, and she hates you. I was going to say it's her cousin Tanya, but yes. It's, cousin- <laughs> <laughs> it's Tanya. Tanya went and got them clock tower scissors. 100% she hates you. accurate, yep. Mm-hmm. And fighting all of them is basically the same. Yes. <laughs> oh, 100%, and it, yes. And it's great. <laughs> Yeah, and then later, okay, so you know the like when you're five and you make little tissue paper ghosts to <laughs> hang in the tree outside. Yes. Okay, you'll fight them later. And they yeah. fucking suck, dude. They suck. They yeah. spit. They spit Hawaiian punch at you, and that Hawaiian punch will fucking do. kill you fast. They, it, They're well, just explaining everything that's actually in the game. By the way, this they, is not. Like, yeah. So this is this is really funny because everybody's like, okay, like that's all the stuff that's in the game. What's happening? You're just doing this. Yeah. yeah. You're just doing this and it's delightful the entire time. So so okay, so story-wise, you are like you and and Ghost Cop have the same goal. You want to stop yeah. Hanuman because he has kidnapped your sister because he needs her for mm-hmm. some ritual. What is the point of the ritual? Who fucking knows? I'm too busy talking to the ghost cat. I mm-hmm. can't help you. But you want to get your sister back and Ghost Cop wants to stop him because the ritual is bad, I guess. Who knows? I'm over here talking to the ghost cat. So you go, you explore the city. There are Tory gates that you have to cleanse. Mm-hmm. And then when you do that, it, th- so the the way it keeps you from just wandering around willy-nilly is there's this 
fog throughout the city. And if you stay in it for too long, you will die. There is there is no way through the fog. It's just the game limiting you from where you can explore. You cleanse a Tory gate, it clears the fog, and now you have more of the city. Yeah, you, have you, to, you, have to, mm-hmm. you have to climb the tower to synchronize yep. your viewpoint. Yeah, but... <laughs> Well, this is the thing, though, is that this game presents as a Ubisoft open world game. And I, I, th- I feel like people talk about it like it's like a traditional 2009 style open world game. But A, there's not enough like garbage. Yeah, that's true. Make, there's just not a lot of garbage. No, no races. Like, <laughs> no gates yeah, no to no, race like, through. There's no stupid Far Cry or uh, Watch Dogs bullshit. It's very specific. You do a Tory gate, and then it'll unlock like three or four little short stories yeah, that you yeah, can do yeah. in the area, and they're all really weird and cool. Yeah, like, like they're all focused on different like yokai of Japanese yes. mythology yes. and lore. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. That's that you always have to like inevitably you go to an area you free a tori gate and then you straight up have to creep on a little cute monster every time. Yes. You gotta, get up behind an umbrella and surprise <laughs> he's not wrong like there's a okay so what I one of the things I genuinely appreciate about uh too fast to ghost wire is <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> is that it is it is it is not just like painted in Japanese mythology it is so soaking in it. Yes. It is very palm olive. It is soaking in the yokai. But it then also <laughs> takes the time to explain like the origin Everything. of yeah. different like, oh, it's it's a it's a this kind of yokai, which means it does this and then like you don't have to fight the yokai. That's like you just have to like track it to its lair, find it, trick it, sneak up on it, whatever yeah. you have to do. But it's not like a brawl. No. And so you get these little snapshots of Japanese culture and mythology that I think are really, really cool. As a you are a tourist, and yeah. it is like, hey, we're not just gonna take you to all the doors normal touristy spots. We're gonna show you some really cool stuff too. We're gonna do the underground like yeah. city tour of San Francisco. Yeah. I wouldn't like it's very funny that I just got done saying it's not like a Ubisoft game, but it is insofar as I haven't enjoyed reading endless layers of menu text like yeah. this since Assassin's Creed 2 in yeah. 2009. Like yeah. this is Assassin's Creed 2 level because ever like all of those enemies that we were talking about, like Rene Marguerite's Slenderman. Um, there's like a description of what they are that is very. Ooh, dense. I haven't read and, that. Oh yeah, go through the enemy list Ooh. because there's a whole background of what, like, just like the food. There's, there's, this is why. So like the like Sailor Moon girls with no head. Yeah, they are those visitors are the physical embodiment of teenage girls' like anxieties. So like. You know, fear of body image and fear of like Holy social politics shit! is embodied as these ghosts, and that's why they don't fucking have heads. Like they don't want, like they feel like they're just a body and not. Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, and like everything you encounter in the game is described and detailed to that extent. It's I can't remember the last time I've played something where. It's so fun and good, and yet there really is no 
um, central driving force yeah. beyond doing the stuff that really compels you forward. And that's not a problem. Like, it's not... Yeah. I, I, like, I, I, I mean, I guess I do. Like, that was Pokemon Arceus for me. Like, it was so pleasurable just to play it that I was like, I don't really care about the explicit stuff, but everything is... It's, like, the central story isn't interesting. The side mission stories are so specific and cool. One of the first ones you encounter, I'm sure both of you guys have done it, is you run into a ghost that's like, yo, this hoarder stole, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, stole my thing, and you need to go find it. And you, like, have to go into the house of a dead hoarder that is still haunting it. And that's, it's cool. Like, it's not scary, but it's weird. And Well, the Japanese have a, 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 a very different relationship with spirits with the with yes. with the dead you know yeah. the spirits of the dead and like they live with the the spirits of the dead whereas like in in western culture it's like oh no Spookums. Yeah. we're gonna <laughs> keep all that in a graveyard and <laughs> no i'm very healthy and alive thank you like <laughs> japanese are like death is part of life and you know we we live with these spirits and that is really really present in yes. this game and that's something else like i really like about it yeah. And and the the little side quests, these mini quests that you're talking about, are ghosts can't move on until they have resolved everything. And mm-hmm. and if you play Lightning Returns, you know this. That's the whole plot of that game. And there's okay, so there's one. It's in the park. The ghost wants to use the restroom. Oh yes. <laughs> but he can't. Yes. Because. There's there's someone in the stall and they've been in there forever. So you're like, this this is what you need resolved. So you okay, all right, I'm gonna okay. So you go you go into the toilet and this ghost is making the most unholy noises <laughs> and they need a roll of toilet paper. And you're like, this is what you need me to do right now. And they're like, paper! So you end up bringing them, I think, three rolls of toilet paper and then they are very happy and they are they can move on to the next life having I wa- wiped. I want to know if there is some like common, you know, like, you know the old ghost story in America of like, and like the hook was on the car. Oh yeah, door, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The the ghost haunting the toilet stall who just needs toilet paper thing has this is like the third game I've heard of that showing up in because it's really? in yeah that's that's one of the big side quests in Skyward Sword. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, the, there's so a funny. character in mult in multiple Zelda games. I because I remember it was a, one of the Oracle games has it as part of the trading sequence where yeah. there's just a, a hand popping yes. out of a toilet seat going mm-hmm. give me toilet paper. And then, you, and then he gives you that, and then he gives you something, and it happens in Yakuza. Yes, m- multiple times I think in Yakuza yeah. games where there's just That's... a guy that needs toilet paper. <laughs> I I love this game. I like it's it's such a shame. I feel like this is twice in a row, and maybe it's just because the Evil Within one sucked so fucking hard. But I feel like Tango has put out two games in a row within four years and both of them are pretty exceptional 
Wait, you bitch, I'm gonna stop Oh, you're gonna stop there. me? You're gonna stop me there? Boy who has not done the boss fights. That's true, I haven't done the boss fights. They suck. So Here's why the do they suck? Yeah. Okay, so... I, what I will say is, Tango Gameworks is... What they are exceptional at is creating this environment both like emotionally and visually that mm. creeps you the fuck out great like idea. you will be on your way to it you know you are on your way to an, an, an encounter like it's whether it's a mid boss or a final boss, whatever it is and the path that is taking you there is really creepy and it is really like ratcheting up your anxiety they are so good at that they 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 have a, a trick that they use a few times in ghostwire magazines move on their own <laughs> and you'll be walking down a hall and the magazines will flood over the wall to cover up the door so you can no longer get out the door it's like oh okay and you're like are you coming to light and there's one where they form people Ew. <laughs> they, they, they don't attack you. They just stand there like, oh, I don't like this at all. But the combat in in Ghostwire is not great. It's, it's very repetitive. It's not very precise. Uh, it, there's really not a clear indication of how much damage you're... Like, you have three different elemental attacks, and then yeah. you also have physical arrows that you can shoot. There's no real clear indication what is doing more damage than what mm. um and so when then when you have to fight a boss that that is all just amplified so you're mm. getting hit harder and the fight lasts longer and it's still just all right i guess i'll just hit you with my finger bullets some more mm. and so yeah. you fall down well and then there there's also some bosses later on too that like really lean in on the stealth parts of the game which yeah is again like Anthony? You brought up when we were, you, you were texting about it. You said that it felt like a PS2 game, and it does, it does like which, yeah. which is funny because literally like three days prior to that, I'd actually I've actually finished the game, and I left. I like I I've, I've been trying to do more just like little quick nuggets on Steam reviews. Just like when I finish a game, here's here's my thought, yes or no, and then I've I've, I've been filing them away in my like finished 2022 list. So I, I'll at the end of the year I'll have a list of games like this is what I finished uh and yeah i just i said it's like it's like a ps2 game in the best way but also that means you're getting four stealth sequences and bosses that can only be defeated by sneaking up on them and it's just not like that one with the three tails yeah yeah Yeah. that's why why does tango keep doing this with boss fights over and over and over again because that was like Evil Within Two is a little bit better about it. Evil Within One was like Evil Within One sucks. That, Evil Within that, everything about it sucks. Everything yeah. sucks in Evil Within One, top to bottom. Yeah. But like the bosses, especially there was like the the like lady spider who you had to trap yep. in, yep. and it's always like their boss fights are always like there's some kind of like weird hook that needs to be getting in the way. Well, um, conceptually. Okay, so there's this, the, the one boss I was just talking about. It's, uh, again, based on a creature from Japanese folklore, and it has three tails, and that's where its power is from. And so if you try to attack it from the front, it's just going to squash you. But if you can pull out its three tails, it loses its power. Great, you win. 
So you're in this construct of the mind, this this mishmash space of uh, arcades and and alleys and uh, corridors, and the idea is that you she is she is it's it's like a cat kind of creature, and it's it's walking roughly in a square, and you have tunnels that form a cross in the square, and so you're you're. The idea is scurry through the tunnels until she walks by, pop out, pull off her tail, boo boo boo. Yeah, back and into your uh, also, oh, okay. and, and KK has been severed from you, the ghost cop. Right. So oh. you can't use your powers either. All you've got is the bow. Right. Conceptually, that is a creative idea. It's like, okay, well, we know that the rest of combat is is using your finger bullets. Okay, we're gonna give you something a little different, and it's a different strategy, and it's a different problem to solve. On paper, that all sounds great, but they they just can't quite nail the controls, the mm. pacing, the it's just not quite right enough. Mm. And this is a problem they have in all of their games. That's they, true. The idea is always, yes, no, if you can make this work, it'll be cool. And they can never fucking make it work. So it's a chore. Yeah, it's really funny. I would say that 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 is the one thing that keeps me from that that echelon of like, would I get a tattoo of Ghostwire Tokyo? Yeah, yeah. It it is so fun. It doesn't feel great. Like it feels. Yeah, yeah. It's all. It's alternately too heavy and too weightless at the same time, which doesn't sound like one of the one of the central powers that you use for like navigation. I actually love the idea of so Tengu Tengu are these like half bird half man ogre spirits in Japanese folklore and Tengu take a lot of different forms some of them are very like person like and many of them are like crows and Mm -hmm. so you see these Tengus of floating around the tops of buildings in this game and they act as grapple points you can't just like fly you can grapple to them to get high and then you can also sort of double jump and glide and you can upgrade the glide and that was like one of the first things i did was Mm. being like oh i'm gonna pour my my spirit my ghost points into being able to glide farther and it's weird like the game i've been doing it for hours now and i still don't have a good sense of how far or how long I can glide or yeah, yeah. Uh, or like the the ha- distance that you have for grappling too like what's the yeah, yeah. What's or the limit and and even funnier is that there's an ability that you can unlock that le- basically gives you not infinite grapple points but if 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 you just look up at a building like mm. a tengu will appear so you can grapple kind of whenever you want which yeah. uh, helps make a lot of the like end game sort of collectathon like like sure. finishing that up make it easier but again it's like okay so is that going to appear here no okay so i got to <laughs> shift my location is it over here okay it's this is the magic spot that the tengu will appear as i point up to to it's just yeah, yeah just a lot of stuff like that very imprecise yeah environmentally everything works like, the world itself is perfect. Like, yes. yeah. I would correct nothing about the environmental design. And, like, Susie, you were talking about, like, the spookiness factor. Everybody, like, everybody in Tokyo done got raptured. That's what it looks yep. like. Everybody's just bodies just... <laughs> 
instantaneously. And you know how a couple episodes ago we were talking about the James Cameron Award for environmental storytelling of yeah, the yeah, yeah. on, on the table? That is like, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is like, fucking hold my beer. Because every place you go, there are signs of people living in a city. It is the most populated feeling unpopulated place because every inch of Tokyo is covered with outfits and phones and baby carriages and purses and briefcases and crashed cars and, and yeah crashed yep. cars and it's just like all the signs of like a real metropolis just suddenly everyone everyone's yeah. body disappearing yeah or and then like you know and then you get to go inside of not every house, but a lot of them. Right. Like, a lot yeah. of the side quests will take you into people's apartments and stuff, and you get to, you know, like, they, they re- do reuse a lot of environments because, I mean, uh, fortunate for them, a lot of apartments look the same. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> but it's still, like, you go in there and you're like, this feels like a person lives here. Like, there's just yes. stuff everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So specific. Everything is so specific. And it's weird that, I, like, honestly, it's a lot like Evil Within 2, that everything about the world and the premise and everything is so specific and precise and then just the 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 feel like just the game feel uh that video game umami yeah it's just wrong there's just something about it it's not bad right like it's i I guess it's like a lack of bad it it, it's a lack of refinement yeah yeah like it's 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 you know, it's the difference between the chef who's been making it for 20 years. Sure. And the one who's been doing it for five. The weird thing is, is it's not an uncommon problem, I find, with um, things published by Bethesda. Like, Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, like, I like I have the same issue with Arcane's games. Like, Dishonored 1 and 2 felt similar. Like, a, a, a sense of... Mm. Uh, like a slight disconnection. Like I never felt like I was failing because of that, but I always felt like if I was doing like the swoop in Dishonored One, uh, of being stealthy, it, it never felt as precise or weighty as I wanted it to. I get that. I get and that. I, like honestly, like Fallout Three. Like uh, I didn't really play Fallout Four, but I, I start to finish Fallout Three felt like that to me. And these are all obviously very very different developers, but it yeah. is. It's a weird commonality uh, I find between Bethesda products. That's um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a Bethesda whore, and that's absolutely right. true. Like yeah. the only thing where it's it, like ID is the only Bethesda developer that that's not true of. Yeah, yeah. Um, because ID's games feel like fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, they, yeah. yeah. So, uh, like Ghostwire Tokyo, are you guys giving that the thumbs up across the board? I, wait, like, wait, wait. Oh wait. I need to talk about the cat. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. How did we not talk about the good boys and girls? Okay, so... <laughs> so now that you are in... Now you are in the ghost realm. This this section of Tokyo that has been walled off by Hanuma uh, is, is now solidly within the ghost realm. Which is why you can see all these yokai and why you can see the visitors and, and all that stuff. Which also means that... The shopkeeps, because you're going to have to buy arrows and food and and supplies like that, are run by floating two-tailed cats Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. little kimonos, and they're adorable, but they're not even the best part. So there are certain cats throughout the city 
who have a shop, I mean, they, they will also sell you things, but they are collecting things. Yeah. And they, if you br- if you find these things, and it might be like there's one that collects pieces of art, there's one that collects musical instruments, there's one that collects toys. And if you find them ac- across your travels and bring them back, they will give you useless shit. Let's be honest. It's like <laughs> it's all dumb. It's costumes and yeah. It's, yeah it's, I love the idea of co- giving you costumes in a first person game. Like I know. <laughs> It's amazing. Like, the stuff you can, and like, there's music you can buy, and I don't care. It doesn't even matter. Except, the game wants you to know when you are near one of these cats. So they sing. Mm-hmm. It is the most adorable thing in the world. <laughs> And I will do anything for these kitties. <laughs> yeah, what part of the game do you think my my daughter likes? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. All, yeah. she, all she wants is to find the tanuki because yeah. there's there's a tanuki in the uh, there's a tanuki in the game who's like go find my tanuki bros, but they're hiding yep. as common objects, and you notice them because now trash cans have raccoon tails, and then there's the singing kitties, and those liar just wants those. That's, I mean, that every, every, there are certain temples where you can, there's a prayer box, and if you spend 500, whatever your coins are, Maka, you find that, that you can choose to have Tanuki put on the map. Yeah. Yep. And, I mean, you can also choose to, like, have your health restored or shit like that. I'm like, fuck that. Give me the Tanuki, man. And so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> this is a good game. Yeah. This is a, a good, a good game that people should play. I hope, I hope Tango, like, goes the distance you know i feel like uh i feel like these games turn up and there's they just i don't i don't quite understand like, why this game like, is like, so ignored well like yeah like there, there's gonna be a point when like phil spencer like looks at all the line items on his chart and goes shoop and then yeah yeah but i don't know though because i also think that like now that they're owned by microsoft that like you know, not to get like cynical with it, but it does fill out a specific line item in their catalog. Mm, like, you know, sure. we, we have like just increasing a diverse portfolio of games. And I think that as long as they keep making good stuff, they'll probably get to keep doing it. I, yeah. Like, I do worry that, that they're just like, no, this, like, it didn't sell because, yeah, no one's really talking about it. Uh, it I just kind of feels like it kind of came and went, but. It um, is unfortunate that it released so close to Elden Ring. Yeah, I feel yes, like that, that game yeah. was just a black hole. Like even, yeah. even like Horizon kind of got swept up in that. Like I'm sure Horizon yeah. did well, but Elden Ring was yeah. If I hadn't like honestly, if I hadn't been talking to you guys, I wouldn't have even known that Horizon came out. Like yeah. I, I would have had no idea. Um, it's just yeah, it's weird. I mean, like. Uh, it isn't on Xbox, is it? No. I just realized that. So, no, because that, oh. that was announced before right. the Bethesda partnership. Same with Deathloop. Right. Right. Mm. Um, but but here's, the, here's the thing. I, while I, you know, I enjoy and appreciate it, I 100% understand why more people aren't talking about this game because, I mean, in addition to the fact that Elden Ring is a black hole, if you are the person who play through the story and then oh yeah i'm also going to do some side quests that mm-hmm. amuse me there is nothing for you in this game there's not 
That's the true. combat is you you get you max out your combat abilities really fast. fast. It doesn't change. The enemies are get slightly different as yeah. you go. Yeah. But for the most part, you're fighting the same. Yeah, they, they look they look different, but they all go down the same way. <laughs> yep. Mm. Yep, mm. you know, and there. So it's just it's a very very samey experience. The story is thin, to be mm-hmm. generous, and so it it really is a game that's all about the other stuff. And if you're not a player that responds to that other stuff, you're not going to give a shit. And yeah. you know the 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 intersection of people who like singing cats and also headless schoolgirls. It's, you know, it's not as huge as we perhaps think it is. 50% of them are on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow, is that is that a weird continue podcast Venn diagram right now? Hey, you can feed uh, stray dogs and then read their minds. I'm in. There's also headless schoolgirls. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why did you weird. sound so excited about that? That's <laughs> weird. That's shocking. Um, yeah, I, 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 if any of this sounds interesting to you and you're listening, this game's going to be $20 real fast. Yeah, oh, I, got, yeah. I got it for 30 on Steam. Yeah. So it's, And I, I, got it, I got it for 35 on PlayStation 5. So mm-hmm. there you go. It's, it's accessible. Uh, again, what is with that in Bethesda games? It's like, here's a triple A game, and then like 60 days later, not even 60 days, like 60 minutes later, it's like, yeah, yeah. 20 yeah. bucks. No, yeah, like when Deathloop came out, like it's one of the, like that, that meme where it's like like the guy shouting more, or yeah, like a freaking uh, what's his face from uh, uh, Star Wars moving, just going more, just like yes. waiting for that price to <laughs> yeah. drop. Yeah, uh, and yeah, the death loop was like that, where like it launched at sixty, but it came out like a month before the whole Black Friday rush. Yeah, and so yeah. I ended up picking oh. that up for like twenty four bucks. Yeah. Prey was like that. Both Dishonored's were like yeah. that. It's it's weird. Ubisoft is the same way too. I yeah. think. Ubisoft Ubisoft's trying to like just give people Assassin's Creed at this point, and everybody's like, no. They have to. I mean, knowing. What we, now that Dave and I are in the marketing world, <laughs> we we know how much they the data points they're pulling from. They have to know, like yes, they have they to know. definitively know, like okay, this is our jumping off point. If yep. we lower the price now, we will collect X and blah blah blah. Me, I I I will always pay full price for arcane games because i want them to be able to keep making games because i just happen to love their shit yeah but yeah like wait five minutes like go make a sandwich and come back you'll get it cheaper yeah yeah i i mean i i i feel bad like i want tango to survive you know yeah but this game came out in the exact same day as kirby and oh sorry guys you're not you're not Kirby sold like crazy i don't like i don't enjoy that kirby game at all Oh, you don't like Forgotten Lands? I do. No. I like it. I like. I went. I almost went the distance. Um, and like true, like then, true, yeah, true then, it got, the, then that Kirby game turned into Elden Ring, and that, uh, that game gets fucking hard, dude. Uh, weirdly hard, but I'm I'm into that kind of thing. All right, um, that's Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, take it or leave it, everybody. Now we're going to talk about some TV, <laughs> but at least one of those TV things are also video games. Susan, tell us about Star Trek and 
Pike's melting face. I don't. I still haven't watched it. I still haven't watched Strange New Worlds. I want to know about it though. Okay. Uh. So the okay. So the pilot episode. All right. Look. <laughs> <laughs> it has a lot of table setting to do. Sure. It has to introduce you to the new crew. It has to remind you. Oh yeah, by the way, Captain Pike knows that in 10 years he's going to be in a horrible accident that is going to leave him in a wheel like completely disfigured in a wheelchair like where the only thing he can do is communicate by making a light go on and off. Beep, beep. right? <laughs> Which, by the way, fun fact, the reason that was written into the script was because they couldn't get the original actor from <gasps> the really? uh, original, yes, they could not get the same guy who played Captain Pike in the st- original Star Trek pilot. So that's the reason why his face is so disfigured when he comes back. As, I had they, no idea those were yeah. even two different people. That's fucking crazy. No yep. shit. Yep. Wow. Yep. 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 So, uh, so it's got to explain all of that. It has to explain that. Oh, by the way, uh, Spock has sex and is engaged. Um, it's got a lot to do. Spock and fucks. So, Spock fucks. Oh, okay. yeah. Spock, Spock is always fucked, man. Oh yeah. Come on. You, you yeah. clearly haven't watched enough of the original series. I apparently he's always, not. He's always getting out his loot and fucking getting <laughs> after it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, Tapring and Tapring is sassy. I love her. Um, but so the first episode, I'm not gonna lie, it sucks. Like oh. the actual air quote adventure is they beam down to a planet and talk to some folks. Cool. Oh, that, but that, that, you just sold me on it because the event, like, that's what I've been missing in my Star Trek. Mm. I want a quiet conversation with people. Yeah, well, that's, and that's, and that's what happens because there's, there's, but, okay. Anthony, you, you need to watch this show, you specifically, because you are going to fall so in love with Nurse Chapel. Yeah. It's, they have, what I, what I really appreciate about the show is that they are making everybody a fully realized actual character like Uhura, like Nurse Chapel, like everybody on the bridge. They're actually all, it's not just going to be like Spock and Bones and, and you know, the, the trio going down the planet. No, everybody matters. Everybody has a distinct personality and a distinct role. And that is awesome. I love that. Like the last episode I watched was entirely about Uhura. Mm. Love it. Fabulous. Okay. Nurse Chapel, I'm in love with her. I want to marry her, and I want to just just paint her portrait for the rest of my life because she's so fucking cool. She's great. She's so great. Once it finds its footing, it is good old-fashioned Monster of the Week trek. Oh, there we go. Okay. That's all that's that's all I've ever wanted. I know. <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> Fucking well, that's what you got from the Orwell, right? Like, well, that yes, I mean the Orwell, the Orwell or Orville. That's why I yeah, Orville. The Orville yeah. yeah, the Orville. I liked the Orville because they were like, fine, if you're not just gonna fucking make more Star Trek: The Next Generation, we will. The Family Guy gonna, guy will. We're gonna yeah. get the same writers and the same set designers, and we're just gonna do it. But like, I don't know. I'd still like some some Star Trek level you know, production values. And yeah. so if it's monster of the week, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, cause this is the thing. Like I gave up on discovery. I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. I gave up on Picard season two. 
I can't. Oh, for God's so I, sake. I've, I've read, like, plot synopsis of Picard 2. Yep. And it is the, like, sub-basement fanfic. Yeah. From, like, sub-basement fanfic shit. It is crazy pants. Yeah. I, like, Dave, I, again, I haven't watched this show. I haven't watched any of it. I know you're not a Star Trek guy, but, like, it's straight up, like, and Picard's secret trauma that he finds out. But then... It's also the girl from the newsroom is the new Borg queen, and they have to go back in time. And I was like, uh, is this, this is the shit that somebody would be linking to in an AOL chat room hey, so yeah. frequently that let's they get themselves Let's not besmirch fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Based on what I'm hearing. Fan fiction. Fanfic, like old, old, olden days fan fiction. Yeah. The uh, Obama I, truckling about the Chaos Emeralds fan fiction. <laughs> Is that real? Is that like? Or is I don't. That just I don't know. Joke? I don't know if it's like. I don't know if it's actually in a fan fiction or just like a horse ebook style tweet right. from the fanfiction.txt <laughs> account. Either way, it's perfect. It's very, it's very really genuinely yeah. funny. <laughs> but like, like I. I mean, again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not besmirching fan fiction, nor am I besmirching the the rich tradition of Star Trek fan fiction. In particular, are, are you guys aware that the term slash fic comes directly from Star Trek? I did not know that. In the 70s, people were going to the very first Trek conventions before the motion picture came out, and there was a team of writers that was just writing the steamy hot Kirk on Spock fucking books, and they were called slash fic. That's where it comes from. The original I slash fic is Kirk Spock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So I far be it for me to cast aspersions on like good fanfic. This is like again, this is the the person the, go, going the, on Usenet and yeah, being well, like, just and that's what kind of makes it insulting is that it is like an officially produced show that feels yeah, like yeah. like pandering, like someone just going like like I heard Will Wheaton's back. Yeah, and like yeah. I, oh my god, and, and I heard so it, like, bad, by like the way. someone. And again, I don't know if this is just me taking it out of context, but someone mentioned that he looks at the camera and like has a quip, and I'm just like, I no, no, thank <laughs> I you. Yeah. I, like I'm already just not like that. Just does not sound like a good time for me I, or I Star will Trek say, fans. I, I watched the finale because people were losing their mind over it, and I'm like. You honestly didn't see that coming. Like okay, in a good way wow, or a bad you're way? basic. Um, <laughs> they were they were happy about okay. it. The one thing I will say, it did. So the the big motivator in in this season of, of Picard was uh, Q. Q's, mm-hmm. Q is the one who sent them back in time, and blah blah blah. Things happen, whatever. There is a truly, truly beautiful scene uh, between Q and Picard because Q's dying. Mm. And and he knows it, yeah. and he wants his his last act to be a kind one for Picard because he, he's like you're basically my only friend. It's and because of the strength of the actors, you know, John Delancey and and uh, Patrick Stewart, and these are these are men who have been working together in these roles for decades. They can play off each other. They already have this relationship, and then they make the most of that. It is a truly beautiful scene and moment mm. and if this season had to exist for that to happen 
fine, whatever. But oh my god. <laughs> yeah. But doesn't it doesn't it like by that point isn't like Q's role in the thrust of the plot like completely de- like my understanding is that I, again, I haven't watched it. I just read the synopses, but like yeah. by the end like nothing that's happening is like relevant to Q even. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. He comes in at the beginning to set up the thing and then he comes in at the end once the thing has been resolved. Mm. Yeah, that's it. But it's like oh my fucking Christ. <laughs> okay, first of all, like Look, friends, yes, Next Generation was a great show. Let's all move the fuck yeah, on, okay? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's also, again, I I, I, I love First Contact. I'm a red-blooded yep. American. I love First Contact like any right-thinking person should. <laughs> the yeah. line must be drawn here, Anthony. <laughs> but, like... The, the the final episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation is perfect. Like it's a perfect ending. Yep. yep. You don't need. I. You don't need to go back to that. No. Well. It's it's done. You told the story really well. It's delightful. Um, I feel I feel like this is really relevant to video games and the rest of nerd culture. It's like yeah, I get it. You want to feel that feeling again. Yes. But oh. you're not gonna. No. Okay, like, the the ability to bring back these characters, be it from a video game or a movie or a whatever, because you're not 10 anymore. <laughs> it's just not going to hit you the same way. Believe me, I understand the longing. I truly do. Hi, I'm a Doctor Who fan. I've been chasing <laughs> that high for years, bitch. Like, I get it. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So find something else to love or find a new way to love something else. Susan, what's the name of, what's Roy Kent's real name? I understand Roy Kent is Roy Kent's real name, but what's the... Oh, 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 um, um, um... When Roy Kent gets his SAG yep. card, what's the name on there? It doesn't matter. Roy I Kent. I can't remember. I'm sorry. So Roy, Roy Kent, uh, Ted Lasso, Roy Kent, I was listening to an interview with him about a year ago. And he was talking about this exact thing and, like, talking about, like, don't give me... Brett Goldstein. Yes, thank you, Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein saying, like, don't... If you're going to revisit something... And Dave, you were just talking about this, like, the pandering. Like, do not give me what you think I want. Mm -hmm. And, like, even what I would tell you I want. Do not ever give me that. And he he was, like, the, the perfect example of doing it successfully was... Twin Peaks The Return. Like, Mm. Twin Peaks The Return is its own thing. And, like, it's kind of going back to our our conversation about Silent Hill. Like, it takes these thematic elements to uh, create a baseline for something entirely new. Mm. And that that will ultimately give you something closer to that feeling that you think you want again because it is one of surprise it's one of mystery it's one of novelty it is going to fuel your soul but if it's just fucking like the book of boba fett and it's tamura morrison (laughs) riding a rancor and punching the guy from clone wars in the face (sighs) fucking you're gonna give everybody brain diabetes you fuckers i wonder i wonder if there's a fear of the audience to do anything different like people are genuinely afraid certainly of like whether backlash or like actual fear you know given the state of 
everything on the internet these days that they just feel like they can't even if they want to yeah dude 100% but like um you know I, I like Star Trek Star Trek tries to like has over the past few years sort of tried to have its cake and eat it too yeah. because it was like trying to do something different in a pandering way is Strange New Worlds is Strange New Worlds like this is such a nerdy question but I'm just gonna go there is it in like classic continuity like i'm i'm fuzzy on like what and when everything's supposed to be happening in star trek at this point i think it's let me let me think if it's classic or kelvin i think it's classic continuity yeah. it's class is kelvin what they call jj yes. abrams shit that's what it's yes. called now all yes. right yeah i know i have no i just don't i just don't know it that well but that's interesting so it is classic continuity that's cool um it sounds, I don't know, like, like that is, if I want to see Star Trek stuff, I want it to be episodic. Yeah. Like, even if it's not Monster of the Week, I want it to be contained stories with these characters as a reliable, you know, uh, scaffolding if, for, in which to tell those stories. I, um, keep, I, I keep telling people, you know, why do you think Law and Order has been on TV for as long as it has? Sure. It's, it's not because it's you know, award-winning storytelling kids. Like, it's your bog-standard police procedural. But that's what makes it really valuable in an an entertainment environment. You can turn on any single episode of Law & Order and you know exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be a crime. They're going to investigate it. They're going to figure out who did it. They're going to try to prosecute it. And then the result is the result. You will also get little details about the regular characters Mm -hmm. like you will learn things about their lives and how they relate to each other you know like the lieutenant had a had a cancer storyline and that was ongoing and you learn those things but none of them are necessary to understand that episode Mm -hmm. and that's really really valuable to viewers because they want to be able to dip in and out of things and get to it when they get to it and if they miss it because you know they're busy one week great doesn't matter they can pick it up the week after I really feel like streaming has fucked up storytelling mm-hmm. so badly because yeah. it's like now everything has to be a season long event and you know it's it's a story that's in 10 parts and it's like yeah, no, they, they, can we just they yeah. take they take a story that can be told in an hour or two and then stretch it out over six or seven episodes. Yeah, yeah. just make a movie, man. Yeah. Just Dude, have, make a movie. Did you see the the length of episodes for st- uh, st- Stanger Things, Stranger Things season st- four? St- what Stanger no, Things four? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like so. Yeah. You, I mean, they're, they're they're spending like thirty million an episode, and it's because each episode is like two hours long. Yeah. Two and a half hours. Stop it. Why is that, that just not two episodes? Why? Why? I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. Why? Like, and this is <laughs> like, there are like eight episodes or yeah, eight or 10 episodes in the season. And it's like each, each episode's like at least 90 minutes long, if not longer. But why not just make more episodes? <laughs> I just, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't. It's very dumb. Like so, so um, I saw someone on Twitter point out that like some episodes of that show are longer than the '80s movies that they are ripping off constantly oh, on the yeah. show. Oh snap! Yeah, all those snap, mo- like, yeah, '80s no, movies were no, short. Yeah, '80s movies. 
understood that 90 minutes is a good length for a movie. All killer, no filler. That's what, that's what you got. Yeah. I, yeah. The... And I think that, like, streaming, yes. And I do also think that there, like, people see, like, prestige TV as this thing to aim for, right? Like, that if we're not doing the prestige, like, Mad Men, uh, Breaking Bad style, like, where we have to tell a story over that that you're like not making like high art or whatever yeah yeah but i don't know even those shows were written as shows where there are like filler episodes that just tell character stories like you can you don't i I explicitly don't don't watch things i don't watch tv shows (laughs) i don't watch things (laughs) even though i know that like maybe i would enjoy it and i know that like I'm not saying everybody's wrong. I'm sure they are good, but the serialization, I'm like, nah, dude. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I also like. Yeah. I, like, I'm not get. I'm not clocking in for your your 16 hours of smoldering intensity. I'm fucking out. <laughs> well, this is uh, a big. I think a a big part of why people responded to the Mandalorian. Yes. I mean, yes, Baby Yoda, obviously, but. Okay, yes, they were he was getting baby Yoda back to his people, but it was basically Monster of the Week. Yeah, it's Xena. Like it's fucking yeah, it's, it's Xena is a great way to put it, yeah. It's Xena with some Star Wars shit yep. <laughs> happening. And honestly, I love it. And yeah. like honestly, that's what like there are many things that made Book of Boba Fett very bad. Oh god, that show's so terrible. It's so fucking it's horrible. So bad. But like that was aggressively serialized. And oh, man, I hate that. Well, show just so I, I hear that's when I hear people talk about stuff like Moon Knight or like in these other Marvel shows too. It just feels like people are like, okay, so there's like 90 minutes of actual like meat here. Yes, yes. That like like why like that I you you and it just like it just feels like it all leaves a sour taste in people's mouths to the point where like I don't know I don't know when that moment's gonna come, but I feel like the like the Marvel oversaturation. Oh. I I think the worm is starting to turn, my friend. Yeah. I, I, like I actually really I like I enjoyed the Doctor Strange movie quite a bit. Um, Susan, have you seen it yet? No. Nope. No. I won't. I won't talk about it in detail. Uh, I enjoyed like. I mean, it really like it spoils nothing to be like, yeah, it's it's Sam Raimi was just like, fine, you're gonna let me play with your toys. I'll make Army of Darkness, sure. Um, but it it. Between the TV shows and this, Marvel is like Disney and the Marvel movie machine has gotten into the perilous place of now you guys are just like comics. The wonderful thing about comics and why I love comics is that you could do whatever the fuck you want. You can get really weird. You can get really literary. You can make the highest quality thing and it exists right along the trashiest thing. And that's great. That freedom is wonderful. However, you get a diminishing audience for that kind of thing eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Because the investment level for understanding the bridge to get over it is so high. And on top of it, everybody cottons to the fact that there are no stakes anymore. Like... When that's why in- I can't I like I learned real quick that that's why I can't do comics because it right. is like yeah it's just like it's 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 why I dropped off of Assassin's Creed because it's like there was no direction anymore it's like great you can go wherever you want but if there's no stakes if there's no like why am I here 
Yeah. Like, the, yeah. the reason why I came here is no longer here. I'm going to stop playing. And as as entertaining as the Sam Raimi-ness of this new Doctor Strange movie is, there are many things in this movie that I feel like are going to explicitly exacerbate that reaction. Mm. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed Moon Knight. I, I don't it think it needs to exist. Uh, yeah, I also just wish it was a movie. Like, because Oscar Isaacs is so good. Oscar yeah, Isaac, yes. he's so yeah. fucking... Like, I just watch that guy do whatever. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I'll... Please, like, he's like Tilda Swinton for me. Like, are you mm. there? I'm interested. I'm now. in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, it, it, it's so much filler. There's so much filler. And why? To what end? Uh, I mean, I know what to what end. You content. Con- well, not just content. It's also the 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 way the you make this product is you're like, well, I've got this action scene. I've got this action scene. I've got Nate Drake going up the cargo, up the plane. Mm-hmm. I've created the action scene. Send mm-hmm. it off to the previs place four years before the thing comes out, and we'll yeah. write the script around yeah. it. Oh, now it's three hours long. Yeah, well, we spent all the money and the making those six hundred people make Nate Drake go up the thing. So, eh, okay. Before this is a long show, but I feel like it's been good. It's been there's meat on this bone. Before we go, Dave. Yeah, you've also been watching a TV show. Yes, I have. Play. You watched a TV show that you play. Yes. Uh, tell what? The, the, yes, uh, Dave's been playing a super high budget FMV game that Square Enix just published and just, nobody knows it exists. Nobody knows about yeah, zero advertising. I only caught it because I think someone in our Discord posted it that like it like they sent out an email blast that like hey, one of the designers from Metal Gear Solid 5 is making an FMV game that's a murder mystery. <laughs> that uh-huh. sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> um yeah, it's so I, I wrote. I have some notes here. So yeah, Koichiro, the, the centennial, the centennial yeah, case, the centennial the case colon a Shijima story. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know why it's a Shijima story. Like the way that it's it's structured, it's not like implying is, that like this is, is a Shij- character. Shijima a person? Is, yes, they are a person. Okay. They're not the main character. Oh, okay, then. So, I mean, they are a, a, a main character, but they are not the frame for which the story is told. Anyway, so, yeah, so Koichiro Ito, who worked on Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, uh, who else? Uh, Junichi Ehara, who produced Near Automata and Babylon's Fall. There you go. And a uh, someone who I've not heard of, Yats- Yasuhiro Tachibana, who worked on a Netflix show called The Naked Director. I may oh. look this up at some point, but... Speaking of Netflix, like it, it, it does have that Netflix feeling of like, you guys just filmed this on a green screen, didn't you? Like, like <laughs> this is just a house and you filled it on a green screen, didn't you? Uh, but like the, the overall, like the story and the acting, it's all really well done. Um, so con- the way that it works is that you, the the main character uh, is Haruka, who is a mystery novelist, who a friend of hers, uh, Eiji Shijima, is like, hey. So my family does this thing where every hundred years there's the tr- this cherry tree, uh, cherry blossom tree that blooms, and when it blooms, we do a ceremony. Problem is, 
a couple days before that happened, they were digging around the tree and someone found a skeleton. It's kind of weird. Ah! Yeah. So can you like come and I know like you just write, you're like, you're not a detective. You're just a mis- you're a mystery novelist, but like, can you like be a detective and like help? So yeah. So she goes over there with her editor friend and they go to this house and uh, the patriarch is like, yeah, we're not doing the ceremony anymore, guys. It's over. I'm, I'm the, the, the line must be drawn here. Uh, he gets poisoned. And then someone else on the grid, it's, it's a misdirection. Someone else actually gets murdered. So uh, you, as Haruka, are investigating these mysteries, uh, along with other episodes that happen as you're playing where you are discovering newspaper clippings and um, other tra- uh, like transcripts that are, were written from throughout this family's history, like a hundred years of history for this family where you realize, oh, these people, there's been a lot of murder going on in this family here. Uh, and it's all revolving around this mysterious thing called the fruit of youth, where supposedly whoever imbibes the fruit is granted uh, eternal life. Not that they can't die, just that they don't age anymore. How is all of this information being relayed? That's- you watch a dang movie <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> The same movie? No, 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 no. So it is, it is like it's like a fifteen-hour game. Uh, so like it does feel like you're watching a TV show uh, in spots. Um, it's the way that I like. I was thinking about it as I was playing. Is that it's kind of like what if you're playing Phoenix Wright, but instead of constantly clicking through dialogue all of the time, you just watch it as a movie as it plays out, and occasionally a clue will appear on the screen, and you press the Y button, and then it says clue added. Even though I think that the game just gives you all the clues anyway, so like, I don't really know why you have to do anyway. I press the Y wait, button the whole time. Wait, 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 wait. Why are you playing this? Like, why? Why is it playable? Like, okay, so so there are th- the way that they advertise the game. There are three phases. There is the um, what do they call it? Uh, the incident phase, which is the movie uh, that you watch, where you're like this, you know, plot moves forward. You're watching characters interact. You're the the mystery. Uh, is being set up, and then the murder happens, and then you're look in looking at clues. But again, you don't really tell the game where to go you're just watching them find clues then you go to the reasoning phase which is where you enter haruka's mind palace and it's yes, just like a mind palace all of the like f- like scenes from the movie uh are like displayed around her and this like uh this recreation of eiji shijima in her head where they're like kind of talking back and forth about like what's going on. And then you're presented with the grid of different hypotheses. So it's like, oh, so like, like, you know, like an item, like, oh, there's a knife. And then you have all of the clues that you have are different tiles and you're trying to pick which, okay, so this knife and then this clue is like, oh, this person left it here and that doesn't fit. So you're basically trying to piece together all of the different possibilities that could have happened in this murder the problem is one there's no wrong way to do it like you can't put a tile that doesn't fit down Mm, and two mm. all of the tiles have unique designs on them so you don't even really have to look at the clues you just match up the designs so why why are you like what are you playing yeah and then 
The third phase is the solution phase where it then plays out in another FMV sequence. But this time you can pick the different hypotheses that you've created to move the the investigation forward oh uh, my god what es- do you want? <laughs> essentially solving the crime uh but again there's really no stakes here because other than having everyone make fun of you for making the wrong decision it's very funny that everyone was like hey wait a minute no if if that person was there then that would mean that they wouldn't have been here that seems wrong and then Haruka's like oh yeah you're right now let me start over and then you just hit a button you go back to the beginning the only thing that that really like negatively affects you if you get stuff wrong is your score at the end of the case is lower which only matters if you really want a trophy for the what's s rank the score what's the why? yeah no you get a rank it doesn't do anything so but that's that's essentially the game you're you it is a mystery story with very very light interactive elements there is a gameplay twist about two-thirds of the way through that does in uh uh add like a an escape room so there's actually like puzzles to solve and oh, it's actually cool. really clever that like they throw this like late game, like this late game twist at you uh but yeah no it's it's barely a game for most of it but <laughs> the story and the mystery is really good that i didn't oh. care Oh. I don't know. Like like most FMV games anyway are like okay, it's so you so get to you get to a decision though. point and you either go this way or you go this way and then you see the ending and then you roll back and you go to the other decision point. Like they're they're barely right. games anyway. But yeah, the problem is is that this game is fifty dollars. Right. Oh yeah, I, I I saw that it came out and I was like, yo, that looks that looks weird as shit. And then I found out that in Asia, they actually put a Switch cartridge out for it, which is like catnip for my brain. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, $50? Yeah, it's... Like, the, the the thing is, and like, I was actually kind of wrestling with this thought, too, is like, there is, the, there is a perception that, like, FMV games aren't real games in the way that real games are real games, and that they, like, they, like, like like $50 is too much to ask for something like this. But then I think like I bought like TV box sets that cost $50. I bought mm-hmm. movies that were $50. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, sure. why like why is there this block with me on this specifically that like the And again, like when you look at the rest of the market, like it yeah, it's a lot of money. Most of them are like 10, 20 bucks. Yeah. Tops, yeah. like 25 bucks maybe. Um I will say like it is one of the longest FMV games I played, so there's definitely like, like, there's a long I'm, story here, and it's like it is like really well produced. Like mo- a lot of FMV games do look kind of like they're either really short and well done, mm-hmm. or they're really long and they look like they were filmed in the nineties. Right. Um, <laughs> they 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 got that uh, that sliders everywhere. look to them. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, I. Guys, help me out. It's what hard is... to recommend, but also I think you should play it because it, it, there... it, like, I, I had a great time with it. There was a great FMV game that came out on PlayStation 4, like a couple of years into it. And like the studio made a bunch of them all at once. Susan, we talked to this guy on the show. Was it the, the bunker? 
the bunker the bunker yeah i was about to say i'm like it's got to be the bunker it's the bunker that was great the bunker, bunker was, was really good right the bunker was so good and the yep. bunker like you really felt like you were playing like there were all of these things to do yeah as that dude stuck down there and it was short though like you you could finish it in it's like, like 90 minutes two hours yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. yeah. a couple hours and it, I think that was only fifteen dollars, and yep. we had we had the like head of that studio on the show at Games Radar back in the day, mm-hmm. and he, and we talked to him about that perception. He was like, number one. Don't call it FMV game because none of these are full motion video anymore. <laughs> like, we don't <laughs> use that technology. Stop calling them that. And I was like, buddy, I'm sorry. People are going to keep calling them. <laughs> yeah, forever. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but he was talking about the fact that you can keep you can keep them relatively cheap because ultimately, like, the development cost isn't that much. It's like the filming cost. So you yeah, can yeah. keep yeah. your cost pretty quickly. So... I mean, other than, <laughs> I mean, I, obviously the length is probably a factor. The $50 price tag does sound like a real uh, Square Enix tax. Yeah, no, it, it definitely does have that feel to it. Where it's like, yeah, I think if they released it at $30, I think that it would be a lot easier to for me to recommend to people. It's like, hey, yeah, I could, like, just don't even think about it. Pick it up and check it out. Because it is, it's really cool. Like, wh- one, just watching the story unfold in the present time, but also the way that they... Uh, it's also like part just period piece because a lot of these cases happen in like the 1920s and the 1970s. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah. So like, you you learn that like that like every decade since like the 70s there was like a murder in the family and then like that went all the way back to the 20s and so like there there's like like they pull in all kinds of different parts of like Japanese history post uh, like like pre and post World War Two. Into the story and like yeah, it, it it it's like varied in the production of it and the value of it in a way that like a lot of FMV games just aren't because they can't be. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think that you sacrifice a lot of interactivity because of that too, where it really is just like yeah, like your ninety percent of this game is just watching it unfold and occasionally pressing a button. And even then, like the the gameplay is so inconsequential, just because there's really no way to fail beyond just feeling bad. You gotta be, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't affect the story at all. There's no like branching paths to the. There's no multiple endings. Like the like there there's an epilogue, but it unlocks as soon as you beat the game. So it's like, um, yeah, but it it's cool. It's like it's very. Japanese visual novelty in the way where it's like it's kind of like real world stuff, but also there's like this level of mysticism and sci-fi that everyone just takes it like face value. That's like, oh yeah, this is just normal, you know, stuff like like um, like zero, like the Zero Escape series or whatever, where it's like, oh yeah, sure, everyone just. Yeah, this is normal that I, that I have a, a bomb on my thing, and then there's like time travel involved. And, you know. Were you secretly hoping that at any given point Jack from Stranger of Paradise would just pop in and be like, "Bullshit!" Just like a ra- random white dude shows up out of nowhere, but he's still computer animated. Like, oh he's right, not, yeah, right. 
<laughs> it all needs to be drawn into the greater uh, Nomoraverse that he is crafting for himself. I feel I feel like that is the that marks the moment that everybody listening has been successfully birded. I think everybody <laughs> <laughs> everybody's been birded. Dave, who is responsible for birding our listeners? You, you've all birded our hearts. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash continue podcast or Patreon backers. Uh, uh, we love you all, but if you back us at the $10 level and above uh, level, we will shout you out on the show like I'm going to do right now for Josh Jamie Souza, John Belf, Toast, Doom Cow, Adam Gauntlet, Michael Coffey, The Fancy Manatee, Stormshot, Double Taco, Matthew Peters, Denton Brock, Gluttony One of Seven, Eric Van Quill, Frank Sands, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Yaddle, Pete, Ryan Brady, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Canonical, Tom Coveney, and Nick Rugen. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank, thank you, everybody. You guys fueled our Ghostwire Tokyo in uh across the board if you are not somebody who can spare a dollar for the show that is something we really get share this show you have a you have a sibling you hate fucking <laughs> listen to it uh, <laughs> your college roommate uh that kid that you used to like talk to in gym and you were like why don't we hang out and you just never did drop him a line d- slide into their dms and be like listen to this show um, that's what I did to one of my old high school friends not not that long ago. It's like, hey, listen to this show I make with my friends. Um, they were like, I haven't talked to you in 22 you? years. I was like, yeah, I know. Don't worry about it. Um, you can uh, also follow us at various places. Uh, Susan, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt. You can uh, find me in the Discord. Honestly, I'm, I'm there pretty much every day. Yeah. Uh, and you can find me on space.com if you want to hear me or not hear me. I don't talk on there. I write on there. <laughs> I write about Star Trek. Uh, I also recently guested on Transporter Lock to talk about Star Trek. If you, well, if they have one of those text to text to voice things. Oh, yeah, there you go. There they you can go. do they, that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then this episode was complete bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh,. Dave Roberts, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at David Robots, also the Discord, uh, and uh, fitfully on twitch.tv slash continue podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at a John Agnello. You can find my other podcast, Video Game Grooves. Uh, we just did an episode where we talking about the music of Chrono Cross. I did finish that Chrono Cross remaster. It's very good. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I went the distance. Uh, it turns out I, I was very happy to discover that game like actually holds up for being what it is um hmm. it's good it's a good game uh and that's it those are the places that you can find us we'll see you in two weeks everybody thank you so much for listening to the show don't get birded and uh yeah birded goodbye goodbye Bye. Bye.